I'm WSB's Eric Erickson. The WSB 24-hour breaking news center is active. That guarantees you'll hear breaking news, weather, and traffic alerts immediately during Hannity and during Atlanta's evening news 5 to 7. Depend on it. Now, Jamie Dupree with the latest breaking news from our nation's capital. All right, he is the most connected man in Washington, D.C. You know, I have a confession to make. You know how I always credit you? You actually read the entire health care bill and you read all the bills and... You know, I give you a lot of credit because you spend that takes an enormous amount of time and you got to sift through a lot of legalese language and and it's hard to actually sift out the important parts sometimes. And I give you credit for that because you do that. That's your job. And you, you take it seriously. So I'm half listening to Obama yesterday well, and I'm running the tape because our stations like WSB and OKV and our station in New York, they, they want it covered. So I covered sure. Obama's. I was, you know, I took notes, half paying attention, half bored out of my mind and half. Thinking, why couldn't he do this during Levin or Russia's hour? Exactly. Or, or, or Glenn Beck's hour. Because it was hour. certainly meant against you, yes. Yeah, yes. It, honestly. And I'm like, why do I get stuck with this half hour? So, anyway, um, and I watched it again last night, and I am so angry at this. Because, you know, it is, I'll, I'll quote Newt Gingrich, who I quoted earlier, tweeted out, Congress should vote no on the president's no war, no ground troops, maybe, no victory, no defined enemy. It's hunt for political cover. He called... Obama's ISIS attack, Operation Waterloo. And I went over this. I'm like, this is this is unbelievable. We have now weakened our position if you go along with this. I I mean, just uh, judging by the remarks from senators and and congressmen, whether it's in news conferences or in the hallways today or on the floors of the House and Senate. I mean, I don't think there's many Republicans who are sold on what the president offered up yesterday. And as I told you yesterday, there's there's still a lot of Democrats who aren't even sold on what he offered either because they think it opens the door too wide to the possibility of military action, whether in Iraq or Syria. So, you know, it was it was sort of that Goldilocks, not too hot, not too cold kind of operation to thread the needle. But uh, I didn't see it picking up any Republican support. Senator Marco Rubio was downstairs. Yeah, he, was, he had a great statement today. Yeah, talking to us. I mean, he just uh, what he said last night was there should just be one sentence. Yes, the president has the authorization to go after and get rid of the Islamic exactly. State. But he took and, off the table. No ground troops. Which, by the way, his own generals and intelligence people are saying is crucial to success. Air power hasn't worked in the last six months. Air power is not enough. Um, and then he set a timetable. Whether or not he, he said in the speech it's not a timetable, it's a timetable. So, I mean, the, the, the message is we're not going to change anything what we're doing. Well, again, I think there's a lot of Democrats that, for them, they thought it was too much. Because on the other end of the stick, they don't want any operation over there. For the Republicans, they looked at it and said, are you kidding? This is limited too much. You, you, get, you can't just tie your hands behind your back before you go out there. So I would expect, uh, you know, look, the GOP has the chance. They're in charge. They can, they can just throw that resolution right in the trash bin and move forward with whatever they want to do. I don't think there's a guarantee, bottom line, that we're going to have a vote on anything to authorize the use of force. Or maybe the Republicans will approve a plan that they like and that the president could always veto. You know, what's interesting about this is the president didn't have to do anything. And most Republicans even agree. Although, look, I think it's fine to go to Congress. But I think I think Marco Rubio had it right that an ISIS war resolution has got to be unconditional. You know, I went through this long discussion earlier, Jamie. You know, we lost, what, 58,000 guys in Vietnam. We lost 4,000 lives in Iraq. How many others lost limbs, their faces, you know, blown to pieces, and they're going to spend the rest of their lives suffering from the injuries that they incurred, winning the cities that we allowed ISIS to take back because we weren't committed to maintaining the victories that we had in Mosul, Fallujah, and all these other cities. I am so angry about it 
This is one of those issues, Sean, when you interview members from both parties, you realize the stark divide that there is on a lot of stuff, because it's like being in a different universe to speak to a Republican and then go speak to a Democrat. It's as if they're looking at, at two completely different worlds and not it's not crossing over at all. So, you know, I would say this. I, I certainly don't see the Republicans accepting what the president did. If they're going to approve anything, they're going to approve something that is much, much different. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with all this. And, you know, as this is all going on, of course, the Jordanians are just leveling ISIS at every front. It's an amazing comparison and contrast when the president, you have the beheading of uh, James Foley and, and he gives this quick statement. Three minutes later, he's on the golf course. And then you have the Jordanian king, Abdullah, that is showing more resolve and more force than our president. And that, to me, is sad. And I think the, the general Assisi... The leader of Egypt is showing more resolve in confronting radical Islamists than our president. You know, Jordan has been decimating ISIS in Syria and Iraq after one Jordanian pilot was killed. I mean, and he acted swiftly and within hours after that, that brutal murder of this man took place. Maybe he'll get invited to speak to the Congress. Yeah, well, maybe he will. And, and that's the other thing. Then look at, you know, look at how they're treating Bibi Netanyahu. They have more people backing out every day, politicizing this every day. Then you got the administration sending, you know, their you got their top advisors in his campaign. Oh, just magically appearing to help Bibi's opponent, and then Kerry and and Biden meeting with Bibi's opponent, and yet they're lecturing everybody how they don't want to politicize uh, the the elections there. They're full of it. I don't know. I mean, I'm very irritated right now. Really? I thought you were sort of undecided. Yeah. We did get some political news today, uh, so you can start your travel planning for next year. Uh, the Democrats have decided to hold their 2016 convention in Philadelphia is where they'll be the week right after the Republicans gather in Cleveland. So you want to know why that's good? Why is that good? I love Philly cheesesteaks. It's a great place. Oh, which one do you a like? A good convention there in 2000 uh, when George W. Yeah, remember? Bush, when he was nominated. Yeah. Uh, they were there. So it'll be Cleveland first for the Republicans. Mm -hmm. I think July, July, 14th, yeah. July 18th. Much like earlier, that. so that it opens up funding. It releases yep. uh, public funds, so that so both will be done by the end of January, uh, July. Both uh, parties will be done with their uh, with their political. It's interesting. The Democrats move theirs up too. Then, yeah, I think they uh, they didn't want to let. Uh, they probably thought, you know what? Don't let the Republicans have all the focus right afterward. The only problem with a back to back convention, I always find, is a reporter covering it. Is usually I find the party that goes second gets the worst coverage simply because a lot of the reporters cover both, and by the time you get to the second one, you're already tired and grumpy, and so you're just you're thinking more about going home than anything else. If there's one thing I love more than anything else is these primary years that we're in now, and I love election years. It just is, it's every single day, you know, following the ins and outs of campaigns and the daily backs and forth. It's just great. It's fun. Well, tomorrow, uh, Marco Rubio will be on his book tour in Iowa. Shocking. I asked him down downstairs today i said uh you're going to iowa tomorrow and he sort of gave me a sheepish grin like yeah how'd you know that and all he said was i'm looking forward to it and i said well you're going to announce something and all he would say is at the right time next week his book tour will take him to new hampshire south carolina and nevada oh you throw iowa and those are the first four states that vote in 2016 shocking yeah. shocking good uh, schedule good, good scheduling by his book tour company yes yeah you think so all yes. right, so what else we got going? Where are we now? We've had the, the filibustering going on. You don't think we're going to get anything until they get back after a week's vacation, right? Here's the deal. Uh, we are in such high-speed blame game finger-pointing today. It's really something. 
First, between the Democrats and the Republicans, there's been a lot of orchestrated back and forth today. You know, the Democrats say, let's just get this done now. The Republicans refusing to yield. The, the, the uh, Senate, uh, Senator McConnell, the majority leader, set up another filibuster vote on the Monday that they're getting back, the 23rd. So nothing's going to happen between now and then. We'll just yell about it before then. But I think what the Republicans sort of the feel I get in the hallways is they're pretty much ready to show everybody that the reason the bill is not being worked on is because the Democrats are using filibuster right now against it. And of course, the Democrats say, well, you just take that immigration stuff out and we'll pass the clean bill, just the funding. And the Republicans are saying, no, they're not going to do that. I get the feeling uh, from uh, remarks by Speaker Boehner again today and other Republicans that they're ready to hang, try to hang Democrats out there a little and say, you know what, you're the ones who are blocking this bill. You're the ones who are going to shut down the Department of Homeland Security. Why are they Let- even waiting anyway? I mean, I, because that's the truth. Well, I mean, they've already had several of the filibuster votes. There's no reason to do it now. I don't think most of the country is focused on it. Two weeks before the funding runs out is not exactly the time you're going to get a lot of attention. But that last week, when we get back here on Monday, everybody's hair will be on fire and they'll be screaming about it. There'll be a lot of focus on it. The other interesting part about this today is that more conservative Republicans in the House really came out strong and told the Senate Republicans, you guys got to do something. Enough of this saying you don't have 60 votes and you can't get this bill to move forward. You should eliminate the filibuster in the Senate in order to move ahead on this funding bill and these immigration actions. Use the nuclear option and end the filibuster. Um, uh, you know, The reaction from most of the Republicans in the Senate was they tried not to laugh, basically. Because they're not going to do that. They're not going to get rid of the filibuster. It's it's something, actually, that more liberal groups have been championing for a long time on legislation. Uh, look, there's it. I know House members don't like it, but getting 60 votes is a fact of life over here. I, I and, know all of that, but there are two things, powers, that they have available. Because you had, for example, Ashton Carter, easily confirmed defense secretary. Loretta Lynch hasn't been confirmed yet. And you know what? They have the power of advice and consent. She was put on hold uh, today by the mm-hmm. Judiciary Committee Republicans. So they're not going to act on her probably for another two weeks. That, and, then and the power I don't of think the it purse. Comes to the floor until March. They have to use what is constitutionally within their authority to use. That's what they have been timid and afraid to do. Well, now, you know what? They've got to they've got to stand strong. And I think that, that that's the strategy that they ought to use. Use I, th- I really do think right now, if I had to you know, make my early prediction right now, I think we'll have a shutdown of the Department of Homeland Security and a roll into that first weekend, that February 28th, Saturday, and then Sunday, March the 1st, and then we'll see where we come out on Monday. That's just sort of my thinking right now. We'll see. I think you may be right, and I think then you're going to have the fight over you know who gets blamed, who doesn't sure. get blamed, and the typical predictable you know, reactions by everybody, but... You know, from my perspective, I think this is there comes a point where you got to actually use the authority and you can't be afraid of a, you know, government shutdown or a Department of Homeland Security shutdown. And, oh, and the, the doom and the gloom. Republicans just need to say we're funding the entire department. We're not funding illegal immigration. This you executive the, order. You mentioned the Ashton Carter nomination. He was easily approved today. The vote was 93 to just five people against him. The five Republicans who voted against Ashton Carter for defense secretary were uh, Roy Blunt of Missouri, John Boozman of Arkansas, uh, Mark Kirk of Illinois, uh, Rish, and both Idaho senators, both Crapo and Rish, also voted against him as well. I don't know what he's done to aggravate the state of Idaho, but there must be a story there. Yeah, interesting. Cruz voted for him, Rubio voted for him, Rand voted for him. Yes, all the presidential hopefuls voted for him. We were sort of wondering up here in the press gallery if one of them would vote against him. But, you know, like I said... um, 
Uh, personality has a lot of sway around here. Uh, the senators on both sides know Ashton Carter from his work. They understand that he is going to pr- uh, move policies that they don't like. They know that. But they also, I think, like him as a person and work well with him. So he got the benefit of the doubt. That's a benefit that Loretta Lynch is not getting right now. You know, it's interesting. The Republicans have really gotten aggressive about where's Hillary. And Hillary hasn't been, you know, neither seen nor heard in a long time, you know. And that's just, she's not giving speeches. She's not giving press conferences. She's not. Doing I would much guess of she's getting ready and sort of uh, taking her last days of relaxation. But, you know, again, as I told you, it was eight years ago at this time. She had already declared uh, Barack Obama declared eight years ago this week. So it's not exactly early or anything like that. Now, obviously, nobody is really out there as a possible opponent. Uh, Vice President Biden was actually in Des Moines today and he gave a speech there. Uh, but uh, there's certainly no chatter about him getting in the race. And certainly, uh, you know, others would like to see uh, somebody else get in. But the, the Democratic side doesn't seem like anybody's ready to challenge her right now. Yeah. Unbelievable. Are you hearing are you watching any of the British papers and their coverage of Orgy Island? Uh, no. That, but, you know, the story about convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein and that apparently Clinton flew with this guy to, let's see, see the Sultan of Brunei, who's been known to use women as sex slaves and been reported anyway. Um, I will count on you to fill me in on that, okay, and, Sean? Well, and then, of course, there's this island where this this young woman claimed that when she was underage that she was used uh, for sex by this guy Epstein, and this case went forward, and he eventually settled, but he... He actually pled the fifth when he was asked questions about Bill Clinton, but this woman claims that she saw him on this island in the Virgin Islands. And uh, I wonder, and some are speculating, and some of my inside sources that are close to Hillary are telling me that, hey, you know what, there's more to this than we know, and that they're scared to death about this story. You haven't even heard about it? No. Do you not read the British tabloids? Uh, No, I do not. You don't read the New York Post? Uh, I look at the post, but no, I don't really. Uh, I try to stay focused on legislative work going on here. Yeah, it's pretty widely disseminated information. I will get you up to speed because you're Check so my nice blog and generous. JamieDupree.com for the latest on the IRS. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll All see right. you next week, Sean. All right, Jay. Don't forget, by the way, Valentine's Day Saturday. Take care of the messes, okay? Roger that. All right, guys. Valentine's Day Saturday. It's Thursday. You waited to the last minute. Let not your heart be troubled. Right now. Giant, the best of the best, dipped, scrumptious, juicy, delicious, out of control, incredibly, you know, delicious and good looking berries dipped in white milk and dark chocolatey goodness topped with chocolate chips, decorative swizzle. Only nineteen ninety nine. A beautiful gift box. Forty percent savings in time for Valentine's Day. If you act right now. Go to berries, B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com now. Click on the microphone. Put in my last name. And by the way, if you want to double the orders, you can do so for just 10 bucks more. I mean, that's like half price on the doubling of it. And it's incredible. It's a 40% savings from Sherry's Berries. Again, you go to their website. You'll see how beautiful they are. comes in a beautiful gift box. Do it for all the women in your life. That means your wife, your girlfriend, your daughter, your mom, your your mother-in-law, your grandma, take care of them this Valentine's Day. Go to berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Put in my last name, Hannity. Or you can just call right now. You're in the car. All right. I'll just hit the uh, hands-free dial and call 866-FRUIT-02. 866-FRUIT-02, berries.com. Click on the microphone. Put in my name, Hannity. And why are you doing all this? 
because Valentine's Day is Saturday, and you love the women in your life, and you're a great guy. Berries.com. Mention my name, 866-FRUIT-02. Do it now. Last minute. Now. Breaking news today and tomorrow. Don't miss one day. This is the Sean Hannity Show. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.